welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about season three, episode 20, The Prom. Yay! And we are joined by Jackie! Yay! Hello, hello, hello! We have Jackie again! Yay. We do! We're gonna have her for the next three weeks! Woo, woo! So I don't... I don't think I have any announcements. And that's good because this is a fun, fun episode and there is a ton to talk about. So we'll just get right into it. And we already spent like an hour and a half talking beforehand. So. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> It aired May 11th, 1999, and our synopsis is, while everyone is getting ready for the prom, Buffy must contend with a pack of hellhounds. Oh, Again. That's accurate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very straight and to the point. Yes. Straight forward. No puns. I'm very happy when there are no Mary- puns. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like the puns. I know. All right. So what are our international titles? <laughs> our international titles this week in Armenian and Czech, we have... The Graduation Ball, French, The Hellhounds, German, The Hellhound, Hungarian, The School Ball, Italian, The Ball, Japanese, Prom Party. I like Prom Party. I like Prom Party. I do like Prom Party. Yeah. Polish, Graduation Ball, Portuguese, The Graduation Ball, Romanian, Banquet, Russian, Graduation Ball, Spanish from Latin America, The Graduation Ball, and Spanish from Spain, the ball of end, of course. So what I'm getting from this is like homecoming. Prom is a very American. Yes. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, the episodes that title it Hellhounds, I think, miss the point of this episode, yeah. which is that it's really about the normal thing that's happening and not mm-hmm. the supernatural thing. Yeah, yeah. They I mean, I usually French and German are two of the ones that give us some great titles, but they missed the ball on this one. So disappointed. I know. <laughs> they missed the ball. <laughs> Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> I'm leaving. I quit. Jackie, okay. I mean, send us your notes, Jackie, and I'll do it. <laughs> You've been booted from your own podcast. (laughs) Wow. If you don't appreciate my puns and wordplay, you can get out. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I'm moving on. (laughs) I woke up sassy this morning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we don't have a previously on this week. Instead, we start right with Buffy and Angel in bed. Buffy just waking up. She semi-stretches a bit and then looks up at Angel, only to see him looking back down at her with an amused look on his face. What? Does she have some major bedhead or something? She, in fact, does. Her hair all (laughs) askew near the top. But Angel doesn't tell her that. And she says she supposes that they did get a bit carried away with the post-slain nap. Her hand going to her head. Buffy is appalled to find out about her hair. And so starts to get out of bed. Where's she going? To kill the cat atop her head? (laughs) No mirrors, remember? Buffy frowns, commenting that Angel's place really isn't girl-friendly. No mirrors, no natural light. Angel tells Buffy she looks perfect. And she starts to argue, but then just decides to accept it. Because why not? Snuggling back into him, she tells him that they should invest in some mirrors. 
maybe a drawer where she could put her stuff because that's what couples do. Okay, so along with imagining, trying to tell my family that at 15, 16, I was off to the small child nightclub (laughs) on a school night, I am imagining trying to tell my family that before I even graduated high school that, you know, I'm going to get a drawer and just start staying the night at my significant other's place. My my significantly she's like 18 older. At this point. She's like 18 Jackie, at this our point. families would not have cared about that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, that pointing age out. would not have mattered. <laughs> See, I don't know. I think my family might not have cared. I mean, ah. I I have my own issues in my family. So, yeah. That's fair. But then again, I didn't date, so maybe it would be a little weird. I also like how they have, and they did this with, I think, like her birthday episode too. They have them get a lot more coupley right before they just broke up. It. Yeah, yeah. Buffy brings up the staying over thing, specifically mentioning the prom and how after it would be nice to just go back to Angel's, spend some time together. Angel seems a bit of caught off guard by this. The prom? End of school ritual, rite of passage. It's like a cotillion, but with spiked punch and the electric slide, right? Buffy tells him not to worry. It's at night, and lots of girls have older boyfriends. He'll blend. Which clearly, because no one's ever questioned him being at the small child nightclub. (laughs) Refusing to comment on this for the moment, Angel tells Buffy that she should probably go. It's fine. They have a bit longer until sunrise. To demonstrate, Buffy moves towards the window and begins to open the curtains. But at the moment she does, the sun comes through and Angel is forced to roll off the bed and retreat to the corner. Oops. Guess it's later than she thought. Uh, so the electric slide. Um, do, I don't know if people still do the electric slide. Do they? <clears throat> I know when I got married, I requested no line dances. So I don't know if they still do the electric slide. You did the chicken dance though, right? <laughs> no, no, there was no chicken dance. No. Jackie's wedding, we just sang a lot of boy dance songs from the 90s. <laughs> yeah, we had a we had a guitarist and then and then we had a lot of boy band songs from the 90s that Aldo had loaded up onto a uh, onto an iPad after the after the musicians left. I will say the greatest moment was seeing a bunch of my mother-in-law's old lady friends dancing to House of Pain jump around. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's awesome. They, yeah, they, they definitely, they definitely got into that. That's awesome. So in case people do not do the electric slide <laughs> anymore, um, it's a four wall line dance. Boogie, as, boogie, boogie, yeah, <laughs> And a Buddy Walter song, Electric Boogie. The video for this is amazing. It's, oh. it's like so painfully like 80s, early 90s. Um, there are apparently several versions of the dance, all which consist of a various amount of steps. The original version is 22 steps. But the most well-known version is 18 Steps, and that was declared the number one dance in the world from 1989 to 1999. I just had a memory unlocked of my mom asking me to teach her the electric slide. (laughs) Because you needed to know it at parties. It's so true. I'm like, Mom, first of all, if you're at a wedding and you're having some drinks, which I know you are, it doesn't matter how good it looks when you do the electric slide. Just watch everybody like just like you. And then I'm just like, you don't know the electric slide. How many? I had to learn it in grade school. Did you guys have to learn it in grade school? We did. We did like 
line dancing that wasn't we I grew up in I grew up in Hicksville. So we did country line dancing. And we did square dancing. Yeah, square dance, square dancing. Yeah. Wait, Mary, where did you go to middle school? College Park. And you did square dancing? Yeah, but they did it as part of gym. It was yeah. weird. Yeah, as part of gym, we had, we did, uh, we learned the electric slide. Well, you were infinitely cooler over at St. Andrews than yeah. we were at Holy Redeemer. Yeah, in, in Exeter, we did, we did square dancing. Oh. Okay. <laughs> our gym teacher <laughs> was our gym teacher was rather young, so maybe maybe that that minute, yeah, yeah. So, so maybe maybe she was just like, "Fuck this! We are doing the electric slide. It's cooler than square dancing." Credits still awesome. Returning from the credits, we go to Sunnydale High, where Anya approaches Xander as the two of them are walking into school. I love that this is. I had forgotten that like this was like the beginning of their relationship, and I just. I was, like, really enjoying seeing this scene again. Yeah. Xander greets her with a demon Anya, punisher of evil males. Still haven't gotten your powers back before getting worried and double checking that she hasn't, right? No, (laughs) but it's only a matter of time. So how did that work exactly? Hurt women would summon her to wish horrible things upon their ex-boyfriends? That's right. The power of the wish made her a powerful sword to smite the unfaithful. Well, hey, good luck with that. (laughs) He hopes it works out for her. He can comment all he likes, but she has witnessed a millennium of drudgery and oppression from the males of the species, and she has nothing but contempt for the whole lot of them. (laughs) Then why is she talking to him? Anya hesitates and then admits she doesn't have a date for the prom. Well, gosh, Xander can't imagine why not. Couldn't possibly have anything to do with her sales pitch. (laughs) Men are evil. Will he go with her? Aww. Xander says one of them is very confused, and honestly, he doesn't know which one it is. (laughs) Anya tells him this whole thing is all his fault. His fault? Yes! He was unfaithful to Cordelia, causing Anya to take on this persona in order to trick Cordelia into making a wish. And so, when she lost her powers, she got stuck in this persona, and now she's having all these feelings. I, I love Anya's little hand motion, which is like, you know what? I think we can all relate to Anya in this moment. I, I do. I do love how I do love this juxtaposition of Anya being this like age old demon who is now stuck in a teenager's body who is very interested in the teenage rituals that are happening. Yeah. And she's getting she's just getting so caught up in all of this that she wants to be part of it. Yeah. And then, and the other thing is like she spent so much of her existence being the you know vengeance demon that now she gets to spend time to herself she gets some me time it also provides you the perspective of you know we we, when when we look at the prom titles this is like prom is like such an american thing and Mm -hmm. when you think of anya as being somebody from like a completely different dimension you're like oh this is you know this is our like character who's a foreigner coming in to to experience what prom is like because it it must be weird to somebody else you know and she's just excited about it she wants to she wants to do it she she's stuck in a teenager's body and she wants to have fun with it she doesn't understand it she doesn't like it all she knows is that she really wants to go to this dance and she wants someone to go with her looking at her xander says be still his heart (laughs) oh wait It is. 
How come he got the short straw? Anya says it's because he's actually not as obnoxious as most of the other males around the school. Plus, she knows he doesn't have a date. Xander corrects that statement. It's not that he doesn't have a date. It's that he hasn't settled on anyone yet. Fine. Look, Anya knows Xander finds her attractive. She's seen him looking at her breasts. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing personal, but when a guy does that, it just means his eyes are open. Which, ew, but also accurate. I mean, yeah. Whatever. Anya says, does he want to go with her or not? We don't actually hear his answer. Instead, we go to Xander explaining his answer to the rest of the group. (laughs) Anya, huh? Oz says it's an interesting choice. Choice is kind of a broad term for Xander's situation. (laughs) It was either Anya or the sock puppet of love. And Xander demonstrates said sock puppet with a, I love you, Xander. I'll never leave you. (laughs) Willow says if Anya tries to get Xander killed, put her down for a big I told you so. (laughs) Anya, the sock puppet of love, is displeased. (laughs) Who is this Anya? Is she prettier than them? (laughs) She just better not cross Willow. (laughs) That's all she's saying. And Buffy says, hey, now they all have someone to go with. Yes, some of them are going with demons, but that's a valid lifestyle choice. <laughs> Hearing that line, I I kind of wish they had done more with that later on down the road. Mm-hmm. And like, I know that like Buffy and Spike become an official com- couple in the comics, but I wish they had become more official and less secret fuck buddies in the show because you could have had a lot more of that Xander and Buffy are dating people classified as demons. You could have had a lot more of like Anya and Spike playing off each other because the few scenes Anya and Spike have are hysterical. Yeah, oh, they're, yeah, yeah. They're really funny. And so I'm kind of sad that we didn't get more of this like dating demons is a valid life choice. <laughs> doing doing a double date with our Yeah, like I think I think that could have been a lot of fun. Yeah. We could have had it all. Xander looks at his sock puppet of love and Buffy says, more important than their dates, she has a kick-ass dress. The pink one? Buffy confirms. Angel's going to lose it. Not his soul. Just it. (laughs) And so we go to the mansion. Angel wandering about as he sometimes does. Straightening up, I guess, as he goes to pick up a notebook that Buffy left there. Her having doodled, Buffy plus Angel equals forever. I'm sorry, but when I looked at this, I was like, I cannot imagine Buffy writing this. I don't know. Like, if you're sitting in class, I I was more like, Angel, you put that back and pretend you never saw it. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's what you do now, buddy. You put that back. I don't know. When I doodled... It's such a it's such a cliche. And I'm like, do people actually doodle that? Because when I doodled, it was never like it wasn't even like me in a fictional character. It was just like (laughs) doodles, you know. So I think it is very cliche, but I think that probably is also the point here. Mm-hmm. Because this is playing into the the theme of this is what you think a normal high school girl in love does. And, right. and Buffy wants to be the normal girl and go to the prom with the guy she likes and spend the night with him after. And so I think it is purposefully a little cliche. But then, Jackie, you've like doodled full on comics. <laughs> this is true. My doodles were so elaborate that one time the teacher picked them up and was like, what's happening here? And I was like, <laughs> I'm making entire worlds go back to whatever you do (laughs) you're like go back to talking about the war of the roses it's fine this does not concern you (laughs) this is how I failed chemistry in college (laughs) he doesn't 
chance to do anything with this notebook, not even really brood, because soon a knock comes on the door. It's Joyce. What a highly convenient time for her to drop by. (laughs) She apologizes, saying she would have called, but she doesn't know his number. He tells her she she has one. I feel like he uses Joe's phone. If if Giles needs Angel, he calls Joe. Joe runs over to the mansion. Angel's like, I don't do mirrors. I don't do phones. Or maybe Joe has like a little bat signal. Yeah. Angel's very analog. (laughs) He tells her she's always welcome. As she steps inside, she comments on the mansion. It's impressive angel says he likes a lot of space seeing as how he doesn't get out much during the day no she supposes he doesn't catching sight of the chains on the wall joyce looks worried for about all of 2.5 seconds before she zeroes in on the nearest piece of art (laughs) i noticed that too i was like oh i gotta steal that (laughs) trying to figure out if it fits in her purse yeah she uh she has a one-track mind she's she's less worried about her her daughter's sexual proclivities and more worried about can i steal ancient artifacts that are in this room she that's that's why she really showed up there she's like this this man has been alive for a long time let's see what art he has i mean we found out probably doesn't even belong to angel anyway we we found out from from sins of the father that she always wanted to own an art an art gallery and apparently she owns the gallery so Angel you gotta, has- you gotta own the, you know, the the company that you're running your your underground art theft deal through. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, otherwise it's, there's too many people involved. I mean, yeah. it really, it it really did reinforce our theory about it's a, her. It's 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 pretty much canon now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's no other explanation for it. I mean, she she brings the shit home and puts it on her walls. Yep. Angel asks if she'd like anything before mentioning he doesn't have coffee. He doesn't drink. Beverages? No, he does. Just caffeine makes him jittery. I was like, what? I actually I love this because caffeine makes caffeine makes me jittery. And so I was like, I like that. I like that. I I like that. I think he probably was just nervous because (laughs) he had Joyce here. (laughs) Right. And he probably doesn't keep food in there because why would you? Yeah, I, I definitely think he was just being an attempt at being funny. Joyce decides to come right out with the reason she's there. She understands Buffy spent the night. Angel's sorry about that. They got caught up after... Joyce doesn't want to know the details. <laughs> okay. She's here because she's worried about the two of them. In general. Angel assures her that what happened before, when he changed, it won't happen again. But that's not all Joyce is concerned about. She doesn't need to tell him that he and Buffy are from different worlds. No, she doesn't. She's had to deal with a lot grow up fast so much so that you've sometimes even Joyce forgets she's just a girl he's old enough to be her ancestor and she's just starting out in life he knows and he thinks about it more now that she's staying in Sunnydale good because when it comes to him Buffy is like any other young woman in love he's all she can see of tomorrow but Joyce thinks they both know there are some hard choices ahead if Buffy can't make them Angel is going to have to Joyce knows he cares about her he just she just hopes he cares enough Back in the library, the girls are talking dresses. So it was blue and short? Well, it says not short, medium, with this weird sort of fringy stuff on the arm. Coming out of his office, Giles asks what they're talking about. A demon? 
I love that Giles thought they were talking about a demon. <laughs> I mean, if he just caught the tail end of it. Yeah. Giles and, and Giles being a man. Yeah. A prom dress. Can he ever get his mind out of the hell mouth? He'd be delighted to. But the date of the mayor's ascension is fast approaching and they have no idea what to expect. What about the pages Willow stole from the mayor's book? Xander says she put her life on the line for those. They can't just be useless. On the contrary, they now know the ascension has to do with the human being turning into a demon. That until the day they are invincible and their graduation day is the day the transformation will take place. Coming down from the stacks along with Cordelia, Wesley says the problem is they don't know what demon the mayor will turn into. The only thing I keep thinking of now um, after listening to your podcast is like the fact that in the 90s, you know, you could just have anybody wandering around schools whatsoever. And I'm like, this man lost his slayer, is still just hanging out here at the school and really has absolutely no reason to be there. And is like suddenly now chaperoning the prom. They're like, sure, random man who hangs out on campus who doesn't have a job here. You should also be a chaperone of our dance. Yeah, I mean, at least. The, the, you know, the thing that we said is at least Giles, he got works a job there. at the school. Giles works there. He has a legitimate reason to be there. But Wesley, as far as Wesley's we know. Wesley's just like the creepy old dude in town who's like, I now hang out at the library. Is, is I mean, is he Giles's assistant? Did they? I wish they had like given him some sort of job because in the 90s, yes, we did just embrace this. But looking back, you're like, man, it's weird that this guy is here. And yeah, and especially, and also like looking back when you have like Faith just walking around the school and people just showing up and looking for Buffy right. when they don't even go there and nobody being concerned by it. Right. I mean, in like when I go to my, my kid's school, I get buzzed into the foyer and then I have to get buzzed into the office and I can't even go like can't even go anywhere you can't like, wander around can't yeah wa- I can't wander around it's it's wild even back it is- the day when my mom um when I'm uh, my mom worked at a school you had to you had to go because there's more security nowadays but you had to actually go and like check in and yes. give your name and then yeah. like get like visitor badge yeah and these yeah. people are just like la 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 doesn't matter here we are yeah yeah i mean tv and and movies and stuff they they really did work on their own set of rules i mean i'm right. sure some schools work like that like i'm thinking about our school which had like 84 yeah. entrance points yeah and you could <laughs> i think our school you could just randomly show up because i you remember people would out yeah <laughs> <But>. <laughs> No, so to get out of our doors, you had to press you had to, a like, button. Push a button and pull and, the door. Yeah, at the same time. So when you told people you have to press the button, they'd press the button and then go to the door. But like, no, same time. But like, we would joke that it was the graduation test. Like, graduate, <laughs> you had to finally learn how to open the door. <laughs> you but can yeah, check but- at our school. You could check out. A, you could check in. Um, you could check in, but you could never leave. No, oh, so yeah. it was. It was like the Roach. It was like Hotel California, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because so we literally had like 84 doors. Right. Because our school was like a winding system down from like a mansion. 
So you could go in there, you could go in by the lower school, you could go in through the high school, you could go in the side door over here that led to like the old staff kitchen. Like It was very easy to just wander around our high school. Yeah, and I remember people... People's relatives or whatever would just show up randomly, you know. So I <laughs> yeah. guess it was kind of like it was kind of like the Buffy school, but we didn't have like a creepy older guy just repeatedly no. hanging no. out in our library. We, we definitely, we definitely did not. No, I mean, if you know, we all would have noticed if there was. I mean, and because Wesley is a very handsome man, we would have noticed that there was a handsome British man creeping around the library. And then you know, and then later on. I know you guys have already talked about this whole Cordelia thing, and they make a point in this episode to mention that she's 18, so it's, like, legal. But it's, like, you now have a dance chaperone dancing with one of the students. Yeah. Yeah, that whole thing. I I did, like, I did, like, the whole first word jail, second word beat. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's things things that you realize when (laughs) when you get older. I mean, and, and, like... When you think about like you had pretty little liars that made a point of that, like the relationship with a student and a teacher, you know, it was a bad thing. This is just like, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's okay. I think like as audience members, we did know that um, Charisma was like an older member that's, of the cast. That's exactly and so it. She's, yeah. she's like closer in age to uh, Alexis Denisov. And yeah. so- so I think like the when you're watching it as an audience member, you actually understand that these people are probably pretty close in age yeah. and like yep. that she's not a minor, but it's it's still like weird in the context of the story. It, exactly. Exactly. And we always we 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 always we always say that charisma looks like she's older. Like she just we know she's older, so it doesn't She's very grown up looking. Yeah. 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 If it had been if it had been somebody that was younger closer to you know sarah's age at the time it would have been a little weirder yeah wesley says the problem is they don't know what demon the mayor will turn into there are thousands of them so wesley continues it's safe to say that they shouldn't waste any energy on such trifling matters as a school dance buffy and willow just give each other a look as cordelia says that's a shame because she thinks wesley would look way 007 in a tux This causes another look, this time between Buffy and Xander, before Wesley corrects himself. He meant, of course, except on the actual night. (laughs) That night, he shall be aiding Mr. Giles in his chaperoning duties. What? Giles looks back at the table. Excuse him? (laughs) Fine. Fine. Buffy assures Willow they'll find her address before suggesting April Fool's. Cordy immediately says, don't go there. And when they look at her, she says she shops there. Xander says he will be dipping into his road trip fund to procure a shiny new tux. So look for him to dazzle. And Giles, oh, Giles is full of sass. Putting his book down, so done, he tells them that he shall be wearing pink taffeta as Chenille doesn't go with his complexion. (laughs) Now, can they please talk about the ascension? We love Sassy Giles. We do, especially when he is done with everybody. Yeah. Buffy says they get it. Miles to go before they sleep. But if there really is a chance, they're going to all vaporize (laughs) come graduation day. Well, then that's all the more reason for a bit of promy fun. One night of glory? Not too much to ask. So 007, of course, refers to the character of James Bond, Mm -hmm. a British Secret Service agent first created by Ian Fleming in 1953. 
The character has been featured in a number of books, radio plays, television series, video games, and films. Currently, the Bond franchise is the fifth highest grossing movie franchise of all time. So, two things. One, everyone has their favorite Bond. Mm -hmm. A Bond that they truly feel is the superior Bond. It's an argument that will actually come up later in the series. The nerd trio debating it amongst themselves. For me, it's Connery. We know, because he's your grandfather. He is. Yeah. I like I like Craig, but Connery. For yeah. me, it's Pierce Brosnan. Pandas is Pierce Brosnan. I, I, do, I, I do love, in terms of a Bond that has had multiple movies, Pierce Brosnan is definitely, but I have a soft spot for George Lazenby and on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Okay, so it's funny you should say that. I know. No, I, I know. I know where you're going with this. I was hoping. Yeah, gonna, me too. Because yeah, yeah. we, we read the notes on the thing. Yeah, to do. yeah. Oh, yeah. It feeds the notes. So, yes. So where we're going with this for everybody yes. else. Yes. Is that when Wesley is introduced in Bad Girls, the script actually reads, uh, thinks he's Sean Connery, but he's more George Lazenby. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I was about to say that the whole reason they say that is Lazenby is nobody's favorite Bond. But here comes Froggy to ruin that. It's it's funny because <laughs> it's 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 really funny because and I always like I, like I said, my my fave, I like I love I love on Her Majesty's Secret Service. I have a soft spot for Lazenby. I remember I had there was a kid that I knew when I was in high school who one of the ways that he judged people was on who they said that their favorite bond was. His favorite bond was Lazenby. Oh. And when I told when I told him that when I told him that on Her Majesty's Secret Service was my favorite, he immediately was like, You're my best friend now. Oh. He's like, nobody, nobody knows. Lazenby. Nobody knows on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And it because it is an it is an odd it's an odd movie out from from all of the other ones because it's it's so different and because he only had the one movie. But yeah, I do like Lazenby. Does anyone remember James Bond Jr.? Yes. Okay, good. I was going to be like, is this another instance of So I, I, because I lived in Germany at the time, I missed this whole thing. But I was talking to um, my friend Alan, who Mary also knows, um, and he was telling me about this series, and it's like, I guess he's James Bond's nephew? Yes. Yeah. And Alan was saying the most hilarious thing for him was that the nephew, like, he would he would be fighting these bad guys, and the bad guys would automatically just be like, oh, it's you, James Bond's nephew. And yeah. Alan was like, how do they know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Not like, uh, like if you if there was some similarity, maybe you would be like, "Oh, you must be his son." But he was like, "They were really sure. They were like, you're James Bond's nephew." Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't even. He wasn't even Bond's son. He was. His- yeah, and then how are I, you, Junior? If you're the nephew, I look. <laughs> you're you're asking way too many questions, Jackie. I I have it. Speaking like this is again memories unlocked, but I have now the theme song. Yep. James yep. Bond Jr. It was such a good show. I love that show. I know. It was it was ridiculous. I'm glad other people remember that show because I was afraid that was up there with like Gravedale High, which I am the only person who remembers that TV show. Yeah, I don't remember that one, but yeah, I That I, was where Rick Moranis goes to teach at a school for monsters. It's Rick Moranis. 
I have friends who also love that show, but again, I missed it because of the whole Germany thing. So I was too busy watching Jazzercise on repeat on the one channel we had. <laughs> know a lot about Jazzercise. <laughs> also, Buffy's Miles to Go line is referencing the Robert Frost poem, Stopping by the Woods on a Snowy Evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so the odd thing about this poem, and especially to be talking about it uh, the week a world leader just passed, is this is used a lot at end of life. Um oh. It was used as a sign-off when the news of Kennedy's casket arrived at the White House, um, the broadcaster becoming overcome with emotion. Justin Trudeau quoted quoted it at his father's funeral. And when the first prime minister of India lay dying, he kept this book with him at his bedside and the last four lines were underlined. So it's a very, and I I mean, I would never have thought of it as a end of life kind of thing, but apparently a lot of people, it is used in that capacity. So I was just like, oh, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) well, I mean, it it works in the themes of the show, you know, because Buffy is always dealing with end of life kind of situations. And then I think this thing comes up again when they do the when they do restless, this Mm -hmm. this line comes up again in that. Oh, restless. We cut to a house on the poor side of Sunnydale, probably around where Miss Blaisdell was said to live in Sins of the Father. (laughs) And to someone putting a tape in a VCR. We don't get to see what the tape is playing, but whatever it is, it fully pisses off the creature in the cage in front of the TV. A hellhound. In an odd little switch up. I love that they're like using these like tapes to like train the hellhounds. (laughs) It's just kind of hilarious. In an odd little switch up, we go to a church. Inside, a priest is performing a wedding ceremony for Buffy and Angel. (laughs) Asking if anyone has any reason why the two of them should not be wed. Yeah, I can think of a lot of reasons. Yeah. But (laughs) But there's nobody there. Yeah, there's there's nobody there. there. There's not even a witness. Yeah, there's no witness. There's no one there. So no one interrupts. And the ceremony continues. The pair exchanging rings before Angel lifts up Buffy's veil and leans down to kiss her. As they leave the altar and walk down the aisle, drawing closer and closer to the brightly lit door, Angel becomes increasingly more nervous. And with good cause, because the moment they step outside, Buffy bursts into flames. In a shot that is a little more gruesome than I remembered. Yeah, that that shot is, uh, yeah. Horrified, Angel watches. Thankfully, it was all just a nightmare, though Angel looks understandably disturbed by the whole thing. Let's talk about the dress. Oh, Vera Wang. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I think, wait, really quick though, I think that church, I'm trying to see, it looks a lot like this one church in Hollywood and I think that's what it is, but I can't, I'm trying to look online. It it looks like it could be the um, Hollywood United Methodist Church, which is like uh, the exterior, which is like um, this, this big church in Hollywood. I think that's what it is. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely that church, Aww. the Hollywood Methodist uh, United Methodist Church, which is like right, like almost right on Hollywood and Highlands. And so, if you're ever in Hollywood, you can like you can like go walk see where this happened. Yeah, see, I love having Jackie on because she gives us all of these. Well, Holly- Holly I drive to that church every day for work, so <laughs> so I was like, I think that's that church. <laughs> you're like I recognize that from my commute. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Vera Wang. It's I mean, go- I mean Vera so, so beautiful. Yeah, so beautiful. Uh, Vera Wang also designed Sarah's actual wedding dress. Nice. When she married Freddie in two thousand and two, and I mean Vera Vera Wang has been and continues to be the top of the top. 
mm-hmm. when it comes to wedding dresses. Um, just to give everyone out there a little bit of knowledge. Uh, and Which is cool own. because she became a designer later in her life. I mean, I think she became yeah. a designer in her 40s. So uh, Vera Wang dresses start at just under 3000 and can go to about 20000 So if you would like a Vera Wang for your wedding, start saving now. <laughs> As you say to two people who are already married. Well, someone out there <laughs> in listening land may be getting married. Wow. In, this, in listening land. Not everything's about you, Rocky. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I deserve that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I get okay. it. In the sewers, Buffy and Angel are on patrol. Angel's sure he saw the vamp go down there, and Buffy, not really loving the whole being in the sewers thing, says, can't they just let this be the vamp that got away? They could say he was this big. <laughs> Angel says, unfortunately, he's the kind of guy that needs closure. Buffy counters with, he needs clothes. He doesn't have a tux, does he? Since when did patrolling go back, Ty? Not for patrolling, for the prom. Angel says they have more important things to think about than the dance. A bit hurt to be shut down like that, Buffy gives him a sorry, Giles, and says she'll just be quiet. Angel tells her to not be that way as the vampire they've been hunting drops down from above. With a not now, Buffy stakes in before turning back to Angel. She's not being that way. He just gets grouchy every time she says the word prom. Sorry, he's just worried that she's getting too invested in the whole thing. With what whole thing? Isn't this the sort of stuff she's supposed to get invested in? Going to a formal, graduating, growing up? He knows. Okay, then what? What's with the dire? It's nothing. No, he has something face. That's a line I did not remember I got from the show. But I use all the time and Panda uses all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like clear one of us is upset by something and doesn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, you have something face. Yeah, yeah. Angel says they need to talk, but not now. Not here. Buffy says, no, no. If he has something to say, then say it. Buffy, I feel you might come to regret this. As being broken up within the sewers may break below being broken up with fire your answering machine. Buffy tells him to drop the cryptic. He's scaring her. Angel says he's been thinking about their future. And the more he does, the more he thinks that they're being together it's unfair to Buffy. Is this about what the mayor said? Because he was just trying to shake them up. He was right. No, no, he wasn't. He's the bad guy. Angel's quiet for a moment, clearly trying to figure out the right words. And then he tells her she deserves more. She deserves something outside demons and darkness. She deserves someone who can take her outside into the light. Someone who can make love to her. Buffy says she doesn't care about that. But Angel tells her she will. It's like, way to boil the whole relationship down to sex, Angel. (laughs) And then there's children. Children? Can he say jumping the gun? She kills her goldfish. (laughs) Now. But she has no idea how fast it goes. Before she knows it, she'll want it all. A normal life. She'll never have a normal life. Right. She'll always be the slayer. But that's all the more reason why she should have a real relationship instead of this freak show. Seeing the look on Buffy's face, Angel instantly regrets what he said and tries to take it back. But Buffy, she needs to leave. And she turns to do just that, but Angel grabs her arm apologizing. She knows how much he loves her, how much it kills him to say this. Then don't. 
Who is he to tell her what's right for her? Does he not think she's thought about this? Has she? Rationally? Of course not. Because she's just some swoony little schoolgirl, right? He's trying to do what's right. To think with his head instead of his heart. Heart? He has a heart. It isn't even beating. Angel can see her hurt, see her lashing out, and he tells her don't. Don't what? Don't love him? Because she didn't know she got a choice in that. She's never going to change. She can't change. Except later on when you never mentioned being in love with him again. But okay. She wants her life to be with Angel. Look, she's an 18-year-old girl. She is. She is. We already knew that some of her... Some of her lines and, and choices of words are very teenage dramatical. She wants her life to be with Angel. He doesn't. Wow. Wow. Buffy feels that emotional punch right there in the gut. He doesn't want to be with her. He says nothing but shakes his head and she says she can't believe he's breaking up with her. Why do her boyfriends continually break up with her before school dances? <laughs> like... Jeffrey broke up with her before the Henry dance. Scott broke up with her before homecoming. And now Angel's breaking up with her before... Like, what the fuck? I mean, (laughs) Mr. Froggy broke up with me on Halloween. Well, that was very rude of him. When we were in college. So boys don't really think before they break up with somebody. They do not. I mean, at least we know that he came to his senses later. Mm Mm-hmm. Angel tries to tell her that this doesn't mean he doesn't love her, but she doesn't want to hear it. And so she turns away silent before looking at him once more. How is she supposed to stay away from him? And that's when Angel tells her he's leaving after the ascension, after it's finished with the mayor and Faith. If they survive, he'll go. Where? He doesn't know. Is this really happening? Angel says nothing. And so the two of them just stand there in silence as the scene fades out to a small brooding montage Buffy sitting on her roof and Angel staring into the fireplace because one must always stare moodily into your fireplace. (laughs) In Southern California. I remember we knew this scene was coming because we knew at this point he had his own series. Yeah. But I just I I remember it being it being heartbreaking as a person who is an Angel Buffy fan. Yeah, yeah. And and it's very sad. And the two of them, you know, they have really great chemistry together. And I think I read back in the day somewhere that that Sarah actually did cry like for real uh, a lot during the scene and after the scene because she had liked working with David so much. And yeah, yeah, I I don't know if it it was the scene or the one coming up with Willow, but like her like sobbing was real and they had to close the scene set for 25 minutes yeah. to like let her calm down and recenter yeah. I mean, before and the two she of could them, go on. Yeah. The two of them had a lot of fun together. And I mean, they talked about how they would try to gross each other out when they had kissing scenes. And so, yeah, they, they really seemed like they did enjoy working together. So. I mean, I have this theory that they secretly dated, you know, for a couple years, like, like maybe during seasons two and three that's just a theory it is not proven (laughs) do not go out and say that it's real but I mean to me like I I feel like I I think that they probably like it seems like they had some sort of deep relationship whatever it is and then when she knew that he was leaving to go do his own show like Mm -hmm. it was really heartbreaking then it's the next morning and we're in Buffy's bedroom Buffy's sitting with Willow atop her bed so that's it then that's it they survived the ascension and Angel's going to leave town. Well, he's a fool. He's just a big 
dumb jerk person, if you ask Willow. <laughs> and he's a super maxi jerk for doing it before the prom. Buffy says it's not his fault. He's 243 years old. He doesn't exactly get prom. But he should if he... Buffy shakes her head. It's okay. They don't need to turn him into the bad guy. But that's the best friend's job. Vilifying and grousing. Usually, yeah. But he's right. Okay, like, yes, he's right. But no, no. Willow Willow is correct. Yes, yes. It is the best friend's job to vilify and grouse. Yeah. I'm going to tell a story about this because I'm still angry about it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if I told Jackie the story, but I'm still angry about it. Um, So when we were in college... Uh, Jackie broke up with one of her boyfriends and I was down visiting her like right after this happened. And of course I was like, he's an asshole. We hate him. And one of the other people that we had gone to high school with, that is not I don't even remember who this person was. Uh, I'll tell you when we're done. Okay. (laughs) So one of the people we went to high school with who was not Lucci or Kat was like, I don't think you should really say anything because like, you're not here. You don't know what happened between them. And I'm like, I don't care what happened between them. I care that they broke up and he's a stupid head. Like, don't put, no, that's my job. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. like, how do you not understand how this works? Right. That is the best friend's job is to, is to tell you that, like, you know, he sucks and you're great. Yeah. Anyway, back to Buffy's um, break. I, I also watching this scene, you know, because this, the prom episode is kind of about that transition from going from high school to like the real world, you know, becoming an adult. And I just, I love also that Buffy's, you know, it's when she's in the breakup scene, she's having a very like emotional reaction to it. But then when she's with Willow, she's like, yeah, this like, it it makes sense. It hurts, Mm -hmm. but it makes sense, you know? So I, I, to me, that was it was another sign of her growing up, understanding that like even though this situation hurts, she will get past it because you know they they don't really have a future together. Yeah, and I I, I do like how how she does defend him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because again, she understands, but then Willow is just like, no, he sucks. He's he sucks. And then Buffy does. She says that maybe in the long run, Angel's right. And and Willow does reluctantly agree, but she had been hoping for the best. She's sorry. It must be horrible. Buffy says she thinks horrible is still coming. Right now it's worse. Right now she's just trying to keep from dying. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Wow. Inappropriate <laughs> response. No, I just remember us talking about her, her whole... Like when, I, oh yeah when you kiss me i want yeah, to die, die. Yeah, okay. yeah so that's that's why i i was just thinking back to that scene and how how ridiculous it was and yeah <laughs> well it's just interesting because it's playing on this whole like a breakup can feel like death but yeah. she might actually die at graduation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> breaking down buffy collapses laying her head in willow's lap she can't breathe she feels like she can't breathe at which point my like phone tried to say read and i'm like no no breathe <laughs> but we can read she's not lay on the shell <laughs> that whole controversy is so funny to me i love it <sighs> as she cries willow strokes her hair and then we're back to the creepy ass house and it's hellhounds well <laughs> hellhound going insane inside its cage it's so riled up that it ends up breaking the cage and escaping i just think it's hilarious that i'm like 
why is this dog so angry about formal wear? <laughs> I know you're showing him like horror videos that have like formal wear in them, but it's just kind of funny when you think, think about it. I think if that's the only thing that they have to watch and they're being forced to watch mm-hmm. it over and over and over again, I think I can understand being mad. Yeah. It's just hilarious when you figure out like, because right now in the episode, we don't know why the, why the hellhound is getting so upset. But when you <laughs> figure it out later, you're like, okay. We're, we're going to also go back to it's the hell mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Downtown, Xander stops by April Fools, as we now know the name of the store in which Cordy works. He sees Cordy once again eyeing the dress and heads inside. How long does it take her to buy a damn dress? Cordy says she's considering things a lot more carefully these days. Doesn't want to end up with another dud. Xander says that dress should work for her. It positively screams nympho. Another girl that works in the shop approaches the two of them and asks if Xander's a customer or a friend. Neither. He just stopped by for his daily dose of vial. The girl says in that case, Cordy better get back to work and stop goofing. Miss Finkel so has it out for her. She works there? Going to put the dress back, Cordy tells Xander that yes, yes, she works there. But why? She's trying to buy a dress. But doesn't she already have all the dresses? She has nothing, okay? No dresses, no cell phone, no car. Everything's been taken away because her father made a little mistake on his taxes for the last 12 years. (laughs) Satisfied? Is he a happy Xander now? They're broke. She can't go to any of colleges that accepted her, and she can't stay home because they no longer have one. Cordy pushes past him and Xander searches for something to say, starting with, wow. Yeah, neato. Cordy whirls around to face him. Now he can run along and tell all his little friends how Cordy got hers. How she has to work part-time just to get a lousy prom dress on layaway. And how she has to wear a name tag. She's a name tag person. Don't leave that out. The story just wouldn't have the same punch. I mean, okay, to be fair, he'd be completely within his right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Seeing as how Cordelia said all that stuff about his family. The, yeah, the way the way that she's been treating him since they broke up, absolutely, he would be able to. But, but this you can is why tell- we love Xander, because he takes the high road in this situation. Yeah, once he, once he sees why? what is actually going on with her and... Xander, for for all that he is an idiot, he is not dumb. You know, no. he can. He's not. He's not terrible. I also like that they have because they knew that charisma was going to the angel show. I like mm-hmm. that they built in an explanation as to why yeah, why exactly. she was yeah, suddenly going yeah. to work for Angel. Yeah, yeah, and we we theorized that maybe the episode with the like frat the, house, the frat house that maybe that was also something that happened that because they got rid of the demon. I mean, it would make sense, right? Like Cordelia's dad's been doing this for 12 years and now all of a sudden he gets audited. Yeah, yeah. So I I think think that's pretty much the implication Mm -hmm. there. Before Xander can say anything, the escaped hellhound crashes through the shop window. Xander pushes Cordy out of the way and goes to stop it, but it knocks him down. However, it doesn't attack him. Instead, it goes for a blonde boy wearing a tux. It tears at him until satisfied and then jumps over the couch to go to the woman near the counter, or at least to see if they're target worthy. Whether they are or not, we'll never know as a high-pitched ringing sounds and the hellhound retreats. As they leave, we see a dark-haired boy outside holding a remote. In the library, the gang reviews the footage of the shop. Giles says the creature just 
stopped. Yeah, right there. Xander points to a moment in the video. It's like he realized he forgot to put money in the meter or something. Weirder, Cordelia says, is the fact that the creature had taste. He took Xander and went right for the formal wear. That's right. Xander says he left behind his copy of Monsters Wear Daily. She's serious. Look at the outfit Xander's wearing. Now look at the kid the monster went after. Very smooth lines. Till he was shredded. Getting up, Buffy says she doesn't want to see the tape again. Giles knows it's horrible, but if she's going to hunt this creature, she should study it. She thinks she's got it. Willow agrees with Buffy. You see one big scary bringer of death? You've seen them all. <laughs> Wesley says no, actually, because this... This is a hellhound. Giles explains that they're particularly vicious. A sort of demon foot soldier bred to fight in some demon war. Trained only to kill and to feed off the brains of their foe. Standing up, Cordy says, there, zoom in on that. And Xander reminds her, it's a videotape. (laughs) I I actually (laughs) love this scene because, you know, you would always see in movies where people would have some surveillance footage or whatever. And then they would be like, click, 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 zoom, zoom, zoom. And you're like, this does not... And happen. when you and when you zoom in, it's so clear. It's like clear, yeah. And it's it's funny because Mr. Froggy, where we used to work, he we uh, we did video editing and stuff, and people would come in with their security footage because they needed something for a case, and they'd mm-hmm. be sitting there with him, and they'd be doing that. They'd be asking like asking him to like zoom in and asking stuff. Asking him to zoom in, and he's like, "Okay, I can zoom in on this, but." It's not going to look fuzzy. like it does on CSI. Yeah. Right. Which is why why I love that they call attention to this, where yeah. where he's like, I can't do this. This is just a yeah. video Oh, yeah. Tape. And people, people do that with, people ask for that on VHS tapes all the time. Like, it's, it doesn't work like that. I can't, <laughs> I can't just zoom in. Yeah. So Cordy, Cordy does point out that they do it all the time on TV and, and Xander says not with a regular VCR. Wesley suggests that perhaps they should remain on track before asking Cordy, what was she doing with Xander? Uh... She was, Xander comes to her aid saying she was burning a hole in daddy's wallet per usual. He just bumped into her See, this is why we like Xander. He gave her a solid, even though he didn't have to. He didn't have to. Nope. Like, Xander gets a couple of points in this episode. I mean, obviously the stuff with Cordelia is a major point. But later when we see, and like, when we see him at the actual prom with Anya, and Anya's going on and on about like all the horrible stuff she used to do to men, Xander looks uncomfortable, but he never tells her to stop. Right. And he never tells her to shut up. Or whatever, he's like, this is this is what she knows, this is what she has to talk about. And like he tries to change the subject once or twice, but like he's not mean to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Xander is just he's a dumb boy, but he's a good guy. Yeah. 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 Noticing something on the tape, Oz asks Xander to pause the tape. Guys, it's just a normal <laughs> VCR. It doesn't oh oh oh, oh wait. Yeah. It, it does pause. <laughs> See, he's dumb. <laughs> They pause the tape and get a clear view of the guy outside the shop. Hello, Hellhound Razor. Pulling a yearbook, Oz tells him the kid is Tucker Wells. He's in Oz's chem class. It's Andrew's brother! It is Andrew's brother! Yes, yes. Wesley says, let him guess. He was quiet, kept to himself, and seemed like a nice young man. Well, he didn't seem like the murderous type. (laughs) <laughs> something must have happened to him Whew, we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about his reasoning because <laughs> it's such toxic toxic masculinity prime toxic masculinity oh, yeah. yeah i also because i haven't seen this episode in years so i also thought i was like oh he gets rejected a bunch of times right one time he gets rejected <gasps> once and then it's like i'm gonna murder everyone at prom what uh- yeah, that's that is such a. 
Noticing Buffy on the steps, reading in a world of her own, Xander asks, how's it going? Fine. Well, he just wanted to say her impersonation of an inanimate object is really coming along. (laughs) Thanks. Willow breaks into Tucker's email. Listen to this email he sent last week. The Sunnydale High Lemmings have no idea what awaits them. Their big night will be their last night. So, they have a threat against the students on their big night. A hellhound trained to attack people in former wear. Ooh, are they all catching up now? Tucker is planning to attack the prom that night. Oz says that once again, the Hellmouth puts the special in special occasion. (laughs) And Xander wonders why he even buys tickets to these things. (laughs) Willow wonders if she can take her dress back. Looking up from her book, Buffy tells her, don't you dare. But Tucker's gonna, no. (laughs) Buffy is adamant. They are going to have a prom. (laughs) (laughs) I love this scene where Mm -hmm. she's like, even if I have to kill everybody to get you a prom. (laughs) The prom that everyone should have. She is going to give everyone a nice, fun, normal evening if she has to kill every single person on earth to do it. Yay? (laughs) (laughs) I do love Xander's like, I don't know how to take this because on one hand prom, but on second hand, don't murder everyone. (laughs) I I do that the way that he says yay. I do that that a lot. Like it's... (laughs) But yeah, I love how Buffy is like, oh, no, 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 no. My friends. Oh, they're going to have fun. I don't care if I'm not going to have any fun. My friends are going to have fun. And I just love how, you know, in this episode, you know, we've had throughout the season. It's like Buffy is saving everybody and doesn't get recognition. I love how zealous she is about saying no i'm going to do this thing for you i want you to have this like happy moment and then she gets her award later on as as an appreciation for her continually like not getting to be normal and interrupting her own life in order to make sure that people are safe and and able to live their lives yeah and she never she never expected anything Mm -hmm. and that line where she says i'm over i'm over getting like having my opportunity to get um, one perfect high school moment. Mm-hmm. And then she gets it in the end of mm-hmm. the episode. She gets her perfect high school moment. And I just, I, this episode to me is so perfectly crafted and is it, apparently as Sarah said on a Reddit, it's her favorite episode. And it is. And I can see why it's like, you have this whole, it's like this whole theme of growing up. You have in this episode, the the like the weird demon stuff is actually, you know, the background Mm -hmm. to like the normal like trajectory of experiencing growing up. And the great the great part about this episode, too, is we spend up until this point, the entire series is nobody talking about what goes on in Sunnydale. The whole yeah. thing is they rationalize They're always it coming up with reasons. Yeah. They 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 Gang find on PCP. reasons. Yeah, they they find reasons or they just ignore it, you know, and this is everybody like Buffy doesn't do this to get acknowledged. She does like this isn't a I'm doing this to be celebrated. I am doing this in the shadows and nobody is supposed to know that I'm doing it. Which is interesting because it's the opposite of Faith. It's like Faith sees Buffy, sees how people love Buffy, and Faith wants that recognition. Exactly. Whereas Buffy is like, I just want to be normal. Yeah. Now in plan mode, Buffy tells Wesley to go to Tucker's house. He's probably not there, but it's worth a shot. Good. Good. There's probably strength in numbers, so Buffy tells him he can take Cordy. Excellent. If that's her plan. (laughs) (laughs) What about the others? Oz says he knows the other kid Tucker was emailing. Dave? 
Can he hunt them down and see if he's involved? Willow in here on it. Buffy starts to ask Wesley to stop by the magic store, you know, next to the dress shop. But Xander says he can handle that. What does she need? To see who's been in. Buying stuff that could potentially be used to raise the hellhound. Like hellhound snossages. Xander says those pups will do anything for a tasty treat. (laughs) He leaves and Buffy turns her attention to Giles. This thing eats brains. Any brains? He starts to say something along the lines of he supposes so as we cut to a meat packing plant. (laughs) Or maybe the back of a butcher shop. I don't know. Somewhere with a lot of meat. It definitely looks like a meat packing plant. Walking along with some guy, he confirms that, yeah, this kid orders cow brains a couple times a week and gives her the address. He then wishes her good luck, saying he's a weird kid. (laughs) Thanking him, Buffy turns to leave when she spies Angel picking up his usual supply of blood. She stands, watching him until he also notices her. What is she doing there? Hello to him, too. Sorry, he's just surprised. Her, too. Though she's not sure why. Where did she think he got his blood? McPlasmas? (laughs) There is a super awkward pause (laughs) before Angel asks how Buffy is doing. Right as rain, whatever that means. Don't look at her like that. She can lie to him now if she wants to. They're exes, remember? If it means anything, he misses her. Holding up a hand, Buffy says, can they not? When she thinks about them, she has a tendency to kind of go catatonic. And she really can't afford to do that right now. She has to stop up crazy from pulling Carrie at the prom. She's still planning to go. Strictly in the chaperone capacity. But it's fine. She's cool with the going stag. She's over the whole Buffy gets one perfect high school moment thing. But she's certainly not going to let some subhuman ruin it for the rest of the senior class. She starts to leave and Angel says, let him help. She's okay. Well, if she ever needs his help. Look, she's got it. Then with a small thanks, she's off. Okay. Um, I like how they have this like super awkward exchange when it's been like maybe 24 hours. I know. They yeah. up and they're acting like it's been like three months. Like, how have you been? I miss you. I saw you 12 hours ago. <laughs> they're again, both very dramatic high, people. Yes, high school. Yeah, they're, they're super dramatic. Yeah, they're, they're very dramatic. Plus it was. It's not just high school. Angel is a super dramatic person. Yeah. This is true. This yeah. is true. He is the most dramatic. Yeah. yeah. Carrie. Carrie is the ultimate prom horror movie. Uh, Based on the Stephen King novel, it is about Carrie White, a 16-year-old girl who is constantly mocked and bullied at school, and at home is pretty much emotionally abused by her psychotically religious mother, who tells her she's a Satan spawn due to the fact that she was born with these telekinetic abilities. Um, They're all gonna laugh at you. (laughs) This all comes to a head at the prom, and yeah, Mayhem and death abound. It's been remade several times over. They even made it into a musical, which Riverdale then did an episode dedicated oh. to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Riverdale. Um, <laughs> like, its pop culture influence is infinite. But, um, and I think the most famous version is always going to be the original version of the movie, which was 1976. And it's Sissy Spacedeck and John Travolta. Yeah. At the store, Cordy's cleaning up behind the counter, getting ready to leave for the night. As she goes to leave, the other girl tells her, don't forget your dress. Isn't she wearing it tonight? Cordelia says as much as she hates to admit it, she hasn't finished paying for it yet. Well, someone did. She hands Cordelia the dress and Cordy looks shocked. Who? As she looks at the sales receipt, her surprise only grows. Returning to the library, Buffy meets with the gang who tells her it was zeros all around. Sorry. Worry not! Because Buffy has the address. Which... Didn't she tell Wesley to go to his house? So didn't that imply they already had the address? That was, that was, yeah. Because it would have been in the school system. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, 
Unless we're missing a piece where, like, he's keeping the hellhounds in an abandoned house. Yeah. And, like, that just was not conveyed really well. Right. Which I feel I'm like guessing that might be it. The, Yeah. Yeah, because I guess you're not keeping them in the place with your family. Yeah. So I think I think that's it. I think they did not convey that point very yeah, well. That it was, yeah. yeah, that it was a second location. <laughs> Never go to a second location! <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, you got to keep your hellhounds at a second location, though. Of course. Now, the prom starts in just a little while, so she wants them to go on, and she will catch up with them as soon as she puts a lid on this jerk. What? No way. They can't just leave her. And Giles agrees. She needs to see taillights. Hit the door. <laughs> she has everything under control. That's when Oz chimes in. It makes sense for her to have a nice time. All right, then. They all scurry off and Buffy tells Giles to go to the gym. She wants him to keep an eye on them until she gets there. Wait, hold on. Is this dance actually being held at the school? Yes. Yes, yes it is. I, is the bronze? I guess the bronze was not available. No. But I guess because, I don't know, maybe because they they, they knew the whole class was going to come or something. I have no idea. But I would assume homecoming and like the May Queen and like the international dance would have been like school wide. Yeah, that's true. It's Maybe very if exciting. it's a senior class prom, maybe it's smaller. And that's why they can use the gym. Yeah, I don't know. I was just very impressed. The school I dance know, was I know. I being held at the, at the gym, school. At the school. Yep. As she goes to the bookcase to grab some weapons, Giles says, surely he doesn't need to point out that she's being rash. And a dress does not a closed case mate. Buffy asks if he really wants to go after them and tell them they can't go, that all their planning and dreaming was for nothing, that they can't spend tonight of all nights with their honeys. In that declaration, Giles somehow sees the root of the whole issue. Angel's not taking her, is he? Angel's leaving her. He's leaving town. Giles tells her that he is so sorry before admitting he doesn't really know what to say. But he has been led to understand that this sort of thing requires ice cream of some kind. He's so cute. <laughs> ice cream will come. But first, Buffy wants to take out Psycho Boy. Giles is the best dad. He is the best dad. He is ready with the ice cream. He is the best dad. He asks if she's sure. And she says that's the great thing about being the Slayer. Kicking ass is comfort food. The prom. 90s music, blast from the speakers, <laughs> kids dance. There are oddly placed plotted plants. <laughs> and Xander and Anya arriving as Anya tells Xander stories <laughs> from her demon days. <laughs> stories that seem to make Xander more than a little uneasy. <laughs> Giles and Wesley stand by the snack table, Wesley admitting that this is all very strange to him. Giles, too. The all-male preparatories they attended certainly would not have gone for this sort of thing. Oh, definitely not. Not unless you count the nights you made the lower classmen dress as girls in you. A look from Giles has Wesley abandoning that story. Yeah, yeah. Nope, nope, nope. Dip is tasty, isn't it? <laughs> Cordelia enters looking absolutely stunning. Yeah, she looks I gorgeous. I love, love I that I mean, dress. she looks like she's going to the Oscars. But oh, she yeah, yeah. Amazing. I mean, and again, because it's charisma. Yeah, and you know, anytime you dress her up and put makeup on her, she she's a very beautiful 26-year-old woman, and she's going to look like a very beautiful 26-year-old woman. One of the things that I that I love about this is the fact that the dress is the statement piece. Yeah. Everything else, like even her hair is just simply done and her yeah. makeup so that it is the dress that right. is so Yeah. But that dress, you don't need anything else. Oh, no. No. Wesley seems to notice immediately as he begins <sighs> choking on his cracker. <laughs> when Giles looks at him, he claims the salsa is hot. And then eyes on Cordelia, he says, 
very hot. Oh, <laughs> This God. has Giles following his gaze and rolling his eyes. <laughs> More kids dance. And I love it. I just love the whole feel of like the vi- the prom sequence. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very fun. Every, yeah. Ev- everybody's having a good time. All the extras are all the day players. Everybody's just. And apparently they actually had a fantastic time. Um, one of the stories Alexis tells when talking about Allison and being around Allison, even before they were together, because he did not, as we've said previously, he did not want to date her until they were no longer on the same show. Um, is Allison, I guess, brought her own music. Aww. And so in between scenes, she had this like salsa music blaring through the speakers <laughs> and everybody did. They just like danced and had like a great time. Yeah, I, I love I love the behind the scenes shots that that they have of this. And we'll have to throw some up yeah, on social all- media. It looks like it looks like a bunch of kids like like the pictures look like you took them on prom night. You took them on prom yeah. night. Yeah, yeah it, it, they're so much fun. And we do. We get a small montage of everyone dancing, kids getting their prom photos taken. Yeah. Willow and Oz enter and Willow says maybe they should dance before they get besieged or beheaded or something. Not going to happen. He's that sure of it. Does she really think Buffy would let them down? I love that Oz is like Buffy's main cheerleader this episode. Yeah, that's so yeah. cute. He's like, he's like, Buffy's got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're here to have fun. Good point. Want to have some punch? Making his way across the floor, Wesley goes to find Cordelia. May he say she looks smashing? It's a start. She links his arm through his and off they go. Anya's still going with the stories. And so Xander is beyond thrilled when they run into Cordelia and Wesley. Hey, good to see them. How are they? In detail, please. (laughs) Wesley says that they're very good. Thank you. And Cordelia says, yes, thank you. As she looks directly at Xander. It looks good on her. Well, duh. Aww. Talking to some of the other faculty, Giles keeps an eye on the door and the prom, and we see Jonathan arrive with a date. Yes. <laughs> Yay! I love that he like goes up to the girl's chest. Oh yeah. Aww. And she yeah. she she looks so happy. She's cute. She's so super cute. I yeah. love this date. I wish yeah. we knew more about her. I know. Which is it's funny because Buffy talked about being taller than Jonathan. Yeah. But then again, everybody is taller than Jonathan. Everybody's taller than Jonathan. I think the majority of the girls in the school are taller than Jonathan. Even I'm taller than Danny Strong. Yeah, I met Danny Strong in person. I'm about 5'4", and I'm taller than him. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Buffy descends the stairs to the basement, carrying an oh-so-handy bag of weapons. Tucker is there, along with the hellhound, still in his cage. Tucker leans down, ready to open it, but Buffy grabs him. New plan. Prom's a grow, and he's pathetic. Maybe. He tries to break a lamp over Buffy's head, but nothing <laughs> happens. As she gives him a look, he grabs a screwdriver, brandishing it like a knife. Maybe not. Looking over towards the television, Buffy sees a pile of video store tapes, all prom movies. Carrie, Pretty in Pink, Prom Night. So that's how he did it? That's how he brainwashed the hounds to go psycho at the prom. <laughs> Neat, huh? She doesn't get it. Who wants to ruin the happiest night of a senior's life? Cut to toxic masculinity. (laughs) Yeah, no, basically, this is legit, legit an instance of toxic masculinity ruins the party. Oh, exactly. Yep. Because one girl turned him down. Nobody can have nice things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's he's literally trying to ruin the party. Yes. Like, this is just literal example. (sighs) Oh. 
calm down. Calm down. And I like we I like that we have this juxtaposition with Buffy gets turned down by Angel to go to prom and she's trying to save everyone. Meanwhile, uh-huh. this guy gets turned down by one person and he's trying to like end the prom. Yeah, nobody nobody can have a prom because I can't have a prom. Right. Well, the thing is you could go to prom. You don't need to have a date to go to prom. I, I didn't have a date. I didn't have a date for the junior prom and I ended up going with all of my girlfriends. And we got pictures together. Like, that's where we got our pictures. We just had a group of girls. Like, you didn't need to have a date to go to prom. If you have a date, it doesn't even have to be, like, a You can date a friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean... My date to senior prom was actually one of Ashley's friends. It was a blind date. And we had a great time because it was just someone to talk and dance with. Right. (sighs) (sighs) Stupid boys. Toxic masculinity ruins the party again. And Buffy does not really care about his problems. Every maladjust has his reasons. Lucky for her, he's an incompetent maladjust. She forces Tucker to his knees and then grabs the lamp cord to tie his hands around his back, forcing him to his feet and against the wall. Buffy says she's going to lock him in this spare room and then she's going to party like it's... She stops short as she sees the other room. The televisions, the empty cages. Gotta have a redundancy plan, right? Any incompetent knows that. His three fiercest babies are on their way to the dance right now. If she thinks formal wear makes them crazy, wait till they see the mirror ball. Having left Tucker, wherever, Buffy tracks the hellhounds to the school. She takes one out with a crossbow bolt, which draws the attention of the other two. That's right. Follow Buffy. Good dogs. And they start to follow her for a bit until they hear a spike in the music. Then it's right back towards the gym they go. This forces Buffy to chase them back across the lawn and into the school. And to add insult to injury, the song that got their attention sucks. She catches up with them right outside the gym where they are clawing at the door to get in. Whipping down a curtain, she wraps one in it, attempting to slow it down as she stabs the other. Unfortunately, a boy in a tuxedo wanders out into the hall and Buffy has to yell at him to get back as she grabs at the hellhound. Eventually, she manages to snap its neck, ending the whole thing. The poor guy proceeds to ask where the bathroom is. (laughs) And Buffy points him down the hall. He nods and Buffy offers a small, you're welcome before attempting to get the hellhound off of her. So like Again, said, this is just such a good prelude to, to her getting the class protector prize because she's like out there and, you know, somebody notices her. Uh, so Tucker, because now we, we've seen the last of poor Tucker, or at least in this episode, I'm, I'm sure Buffy just left him somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker is played by Brad Kane, who is probably most well known for being the singing voice of Aladdin. Yay! In all three of the Disney films. He also appeared with Sarah in the 1989 television series Girl Talk. And he will will later be the singing voice of Jonathan. Yes. (laughs) Is that in Superstar? I don't remember. I just know. I just remembered reading that he was he's Jonathan's singing voice. It's got to be in Superstar because Jonathan's not in Once More With Feeling. He's not in Once More With Feeling. Dragging the dead hellhounds outside, Buffy opens up her bag of weapons to reveal a garment bag. Beginning to take her hair down, she heads back towards the school and into the dance. She looks amazing! I love this dress. I wanted it so bad. It was so gorgeous. The dress is absolutely to die for, and the smiles Giles gets when he realizes she made it. Uh, So Buffy's dress was, I believe, specially made for her by Pamela yeah, Dennis. So. Mm-hmm. And it was at Sarah's request. Pamela is a designer Sarah is very fond of. And um, that would be why it looks so spectacular on her. But fun fact, Sarah could not sit down <laughs> yeah. wearing the dress. 
So yes. looking fabulous came at a small cost. Well, yeah, that's usually that's usually what happens. <laughs> that's why I like the big skirt. Like yeah. I like the A lines. I like the princess skirts because you can sit in them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I I remember the the biggest problem I had with my wedding dress being so fitted was I couldn't go to the bathroom. <laughs> Oz is the next to spot Buffy and he motions to Willow who immediately goes over. She looks awesome. So does Willow. Oz asks if everything's cool and she says the coolest. Devil dogs are no more. How's the prom? Awfully affecting. He actually got all teary eyed when they played We Are Family. (laughs) Everything's perfect. And so come the awards. Xander very upset. He did not (laughs) get last clown. No one who votes for these things are funny. (laughs) Buffy's getting herself some punch, and when the kid reading off the awards gets to the last one on the list, he motions for Jonathan to come over. Adjusting the mic, he says they have one more award to give out. Is Buffy there? Hearing her name, she turns and the crowd kind of parts, giving her a view of Jonathan and the stage. So this is kind of a new category. First time ever. He guesses there were a lot of write-in ballots, and so the prom committee asked him to read this. We're not good friends. Most of us never found the time to get to know you, but that doesn't mean we haven't noticed you. They don't talk about it much, but it's no secret that Sunnydale High isn't like other high schools. A lot of weird stuff happens there. As the crowd helpfully supplies zombies, (laughs) hyena people, Snyder! (laughs) (laughs) But whenever there was a problem or something creepy happened, you seemed to show up and stop it. Most of the people here have been saved by you or helped by you at one time or another. They're proud to say that the class of 1999 has the lowest mortality rate of any graduating class in Sunnydale history. A round of applause sounds throughout the gym and Jonathan continues. (laughs) They know that at least part of that is due to Buffy. So the senior class offers its thanks and gives Buffy this. Jonathan grabs a gold and sparkly umbrella, opening it. It's from all of them and it has written on it, Buffy Summers, class protector. Let me tell you, I have seen this episode a million oh times. My God. Oh, I still cry. I right in the fields. I cry every single time I watch it. It just, it's because like we said earlier, like this moment, kind of like the moment it ended becoming, this moment is like everything because this is, this is the moment Buffy deserves mm-hmm. and she gets it. And it's just, oh. it also hits you right in the feels because, you know, she's, a lot of times through life, you know, the the little things we do go unnoticed. And and in her like in her whole story and her trajectory, it's like she's she's saving the world all the time. She's doing all these things and they go largely unnoticed. She's just seen as kind of like an an average student around the school. And so to have your work be noticed by someone, to have someone, you know, um, notice you without you having to say anything. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. It feels so incredible. And I mean, and also to like think about where she started out at the school. Like she was so weird. Nobody wanted to be around her because she always seemed to be in trouble. And just the way that everything evolved for her and the fact that everybody realizes that she is the reason why they have the lowest mortality rate yeah. of any graduating class. Like they just, ex- before they just accepted that people die. Yeah. Yeah. For I mean, weird- they have their own obitsexual. Yeah. So yeah, it, like it, it does. It, yeah. It chokes me up every time I watch it. And I think Sarah got to keep the umbrella. 
I, I, I want to say that I read somewhere that she got to keep that. I mean, if it wasn't gifted to me, I would have stole it when I left Oh, yeah, that absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, this also, this moment also ties back to the wish and to Gingerbread when Buffy has that conversation with her mom and she starts to doubt, has she made a difference? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's clear here right now, these are people outside of her watcher or her best friend or her boyfriend telling her, yes, mm-hmm. you have made a significant difference here. And they yeah. they don't know her her deal. No, they don't know what she is all about, but they do know that she is the reason why they they survive to reach graduation. Sadly, most of them won't survive graduation, but well, they will survive I, this moment. I didn't say I didn't say survive graduation. I said survived to graduation. Yes. And I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this more like next week and the week coming. But like that just makes graduation, what happens there, all the better. Right? More tragic. Because, it's more well, tragic. More tragic yeah. and, and to, yes, like the end result, more tragic. But also... They're recognizing that Buffy is their protector here. And then in the next week or two, this class is going to stand behind her as an army. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they're going to step up with her. Right. To protect their school and each other. And I think that just ties in so beautifully. Yeah. Everyone claps. Giles looking like the proudest of dads. And Buffy heads to the stage to claim her award. Willow, Xander, they're all proud of their Buffy. And the smiles exchanged between Jonathan and Buffy are so adorable. Especially because due to the pulling of earshot, at the time this aired, we didn't know what had just transpired. Mm-hmm. Right. So we don't, we didn't know the significance between Jonathan yep. giving the award. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But- it, definitely, it definitely hits different when you're watching it in the... In order. In order. But I think the funny thing is, is that none of us even questioned it. Yeah. Because, you know, Jonathan says something happens and you're just there. And they had built Jonathan up to be the character that is just always there. That is always there randomly. Yeah. 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 So it it just made total sense that he should be the one to present it. And then you see earshot and it mm -hmm. takes a whole other level. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's always, yeah, like I always, that was one of my favorite things about Jonathan was just. Yeah, he was always just there. Right. Eating eating chips and dip, but buy <laughs> <laughs> <By> the dip. <laughs> Later, Wesley seeks out Giles. He'd oh, like God. his opinion. <laughs> well, the last thing he'd like to do is model bad behavior in front of impressionable youth. He's wondering if asking Miss Chase to dance is Giles can't take poor, it. Poor Giles. He tells Wesley that she is 18 and he has the emotional maturity of a blueberry scone. Just have at it. <laughs> and stop fluttering about. He stops, noticing something, and heads off. (laughs) Right. Thanks for that. And so he does, because next we see Cordelia and Wesley are on the dance floor together, as are Xander and Anya. Anya admitting that dancing close like this, it's not bad. (laughs) Something that gets a small smile from Xander. From the sidelines, Buffy watches her friends as Giles comes up beside her. She did good work tonight. And she got a little toy surprise. Toy surprise! Giles says he had no idea that children and mass could be gracious. Every now and then people surprise you. Looking past her, Giles nods. Every now and then. He reaches out to take her award, hold it for her as Buffy looks confused. But then she too turns and sees him. Angel. In a tux. The two move towards each other as the Sunday's Wild Horses plays. Another, so- another song love, from the soundtrack. I love this song. Yeah, I love this. Such a great song. Yeah. Such a great cover. Mm-hmm. 
Buffy didn't think he was coming. It's a big night. He didn't want to miss it. He then tells her that it's just for tonight. It doesn't mean that he's... She knows. And she understands. Dance with him. Buffy closes that last bit of space between them as Angel holds her close. Together, they dance and we go to black. The end. And I love... I just... I, I did think that was such a perfect ending because it's like, even though... Even though they've broken up and they realize that they're not good for each other, Angel still wanted to be there and support mm-hmm. her. And so she, again, gets that perfect high school moment um, yeah. that she wasn't anticipating getting. And you know, you know, a lot of his decision was because. Because Buffy's they gave mom. him his and, own show. And also because. Well, <laughs> because also, they gave him his own show. Yeah, that too. But like his, his decision not to go with her to prom was Joyce was mom yeah. coming in. And I mean, everything that Joyce says was true. And like, I like, I love Joyce's mom moment there. So, you know, like that was a lot of his decision to let Buffy down on that part. But the right. fact that he ended up coming back, like, okay, you know what? She deserves this moment. We know I'm leaving, but let's give her this. I also love this moment. And I love the end of this episode because kind of like her outfit in Prophecy Girl I feel that as the end of her high school experience, it does parallel the movie really well Mm -hmm. because she does. She goes to the dance to stop Lothos and stuff. And then you have that moment where Pike, who's this big anti-conformist, this is dumb. Why are you worried about this dumb girly shit? You should be saving the world. Shows up at the dance for Mm -hmm. her. Just like Angel has now showed up at the dance for her. And I think that's like, a perfect bookend to her like first and last school dance. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great transition to where she's going to be going from here. And I also love the choice. I mean, I, I just, I already said this, but the choice of the song, I feel like is so perfect for them. Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's such like a melancholy kind of song. It is. It's, it's such a beautiful song. I love, yeah. yeah. I love, I love the cover. This is this is one of my this is one of the songs where if somebody asks me for a cover that's better than the original, I'll bring this one. Yeah, really like that one. And also it just has that 90s teenage, like you said, melancholy (gasps) feel like it is. I can't tell you how many times I listened to this damn song. Oh, yeah. I love the Buffy soundtrack. It was so good. Yeah, it is so good. So as we said earlier, yeah, I don't think this surprises anyone to know this is Sarah's favorite episode. Mm -hmm. But so there's also a rumor about this episode that they had had like some sweepstakes. Yeah, yeah, I read this. Christmas episode. Mm -hmm. And I guess the girl who won is one of the girls at prom. Yeah. I'd like to believe she's Jonathan's date. I that that's yeah. what I would like to think too. She's yeah. from Maryland, Mary. I know, yeah, that's yeah. what I was about to say. And it's very yeah. exciting because she's from Maryland. So yeah. yay. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that is it for this week. Thank you all for listening and make sure to join us next time when we take on season three, episode 21, graduation day part one. No. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) (laughs) until then check out our various social media channels all of which will be listed in the show notes and if you like the show and you want to let us know it you can subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com bye